do have an amazing message. Happy Easter. And if you truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then you have every reason to be happy. Because the resurrection, if properly understood, is the most powerful force for good that this world has seen. Now, of course, today we're living in um, rather uncertain times, aren't we? Even uh, scary times. You know, we don't know what the future will look like. Uh, it's unlikely that we're just going to go back to life as is. Um, you know, things may look different in the future. But there's one thing we can be sure of, and that is the hope that Easter gives to us. Right now, there are many people who are fearful, even despairing. Uh, many are suffering because of the virus and maybe that's you. Uh, but today, I want to give you hope. I'm not talking about just a, a kind of feel-good hope. Uh, I'm not talking about some kind of wishful thinking that everything will just turn out all right in the end. I'm talking about a solid hope uh, that's based on the facts of history and the testimony of millions of people, including the accounts that we read in the Gospels. And I was just reading the Gospels this week, and I was reading about the, the death of Jesus. And when they took his body down from the cross and certified that it was dead, and that they then handed the body over and it was placed in a shroud and then put into this uh, rock tomb, and a, and a great stone was rolled in front of the entrance of the tomb. And just to make sure that it stayed that way, uh, they also sealed that stone and placed a Roman guard in front of it. But this is what it says in uh, Matthew 27 and verse 61. It says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. They were right there. Uh, on that Friday and I was just trying to imagine what they must have been feeling you know it's reasonable to think that they were there because they had helped to prepare Jesus's body for burial um, but imagine what that must have been like for them you know put yourself in their shoes just a few days before, they would have been with that, that great crowd of disciples that, that came into Jerusalem with Jesus uh, on that Palm Sunday. And they're all shouting, Hosanna, which means you know, salvation is here. And they really believed that he was the Messiah. He was the one who was going to deliver them from their enemies. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd seen the incredible miracles that he had done. They'd been astounded by his teaching they'd been touched by his compassion and they'd left everything to follow him uh, they were with him heart and soul as they followed him into Jerusalem that day and yet just a few days later those women were holding his blooded tortured lifeless body in their arms and here we find them sitting 
opposite the tomb. No doubt they were overwhelmed with grief and despair. You know, the one that they had loved with all their hearts, now crucified, dead, buried. All their, all the promises and all the hopes that they placed in him, buried now with him in that grave. And it must have seemed impossible to them to go back to their old way of life, to how things were, you know. How could they go back to normal? Uh, and so they must have felt very lost, along with all the disciples and, and the apostles who had fled and who were now in hiding behind locked doors for fear of what might happen to them. But that was Friday. On the third day, on the first day of the week, which was a Sunday, the two women went again to the tomb. And this time they were amazed to see that the great stone had been rolled away. Uh, the guards were just stricken with fear like, like dead men. And then there was an angel there. And the angel said this to them in Matthew 28, 6. He said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. And it says that they left the tomb trembling, but full of joy. And uh, on the road, they encountered the risen Jesus, as did one or two others in those uh, following days. And news got back to the other disciples who were still in hiding behind locked doors. And they were confused, wondering what, what this was all about. And this is what it says in Luke's gospel. In Luke chapter 24, uh, we read this. It says, uh, verse 36, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit, a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you got anything here to eat? And uh, he said that not because he was hungry, by the way. Uh, but they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it, it says, before them. You know, Jesus wasn't a subjective feeling or wishful thinking. Jesus was a flesh and blood historical reality standing right there in front of them. And I, I love the phrase that Luke uses here when he says they disbelieve for joy. In other words, it seemed too good to be true. They could hardly believe their eyes, you know, laughing out loud. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine being there? as it slowly dawned on them, you know, the magnitude of what had just happened. You know, it was, it was so much more than they could ever have dreamt of. And, and that's how it will be for everyone who puts their hope in Jesus. But can you see, because Jesus rose from the dead, because Jesus conquered the grave and is alive today, all things are possible. In him we have a hope that cannot die. 
doesn't matter how desperate things may seem, you know, there's always hope with Jesus. Even if everything seems lost, there is hope because it promises beauty from the ashes, you know, provision out of nothing, strength out of weakness, a victory out of, de- out of defeat, life from death. Whatever miracle it is that you are looking for, you need to understand that the greatest miracle of all has already taken place and therefore all things are possible. The historical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead changes everything. Everything. On that Friday, everything seemed dark, hopeless. You know, we can only imagine, can't we, what it must have been like sitting there with those women, grieving by the tomb. All that they loved, all that they hoped for, buried in that grave. And you know, some of you listening right now, you may understand those feelings. Uh, you know, you've been there. Or maybe that's your experience right now, that you're feeling hopeless. Or maybe, you know, you just can't make sense of you know, things that have happened. You can't understand why things have been allowed to happen. You know, I can imagine for those two women, it really didn't make sense to them either as they sat by that tomb on that Friday. But what they didn't realize was that Sunday was coming. Some of you will be old enough to remember a message that uh, was once given by uh, Tony Campolo. I heard heard the message when I was a very new Christian and uh, it's remained with me ever since. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Tony Campolo is a Christian author and sociologist. And he told a story once about his church, uh, his church in West Philadelphia. Uh, here it is. And uh, it's Mount Carmel Baptist Church. And like many Black Baptist churches, the congregation are very vocal when the preacher's preaching. I mean, they'll shout out, you know, amen, you know, preach it, brother. Uh, a bit like, of course, all of you do when I'm preaching. But, you know, it's the kind of church where they know if, you, if they know you're struggling in your preaching, uh, then there's going to be someone in the congregation who's going to shout out, help him, Jesus, you know. Uh, whereas in many of our churches, you know, people are kind of looking at their Apple watches. sort of. Uh... But Campolo, when he told this story, it was about his pastor who preached uh, one Good Friday for over an hour and just repeated one line, essentially, through the message. It got the congregation so excited, they just kept shouting, keep on going, keep on going. And, you know, all the women had their arms in the air. Well, you know. And that one line was, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And he started really softly. He said, you know, it was Friday. It was Friday, and my Jesus was dead on the tree. But that was Friday. Sunday's coming. And one of the deacons shouted out, Preach it, brother! And so he got louder. Uh, It was Friday. And Mary was crying her eyes out and the disciples were running in every direction like sheep without a shepherd. But that was Friday. Sunday's coming. 
well, you know. It's, and so it, it carried on. It was Friday. And on Friday, Pilate thought he'd washed his hands of trouble. The Pharisees, they were strutting around, laughing, poking each other in the ribs. They thought they were back in charge of things, but they didn't know it was only Friday. Sunday's coming. And over and over again, he kept saying, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Friday, but Sunday's coming. He got them so worked up, they could hardly take any more. And in the end, at the end of the message, he just shouted, it's Friday. And the whole congregation shouted back, and Sunday's coming. And uh, it's a great story, especially when Campolo tells it. But here's the thing. It's not just a story, is it? It is truth. It is the truth. It's what happened in history. It's what will happen when Jesus returns. It's the hope that Easter offers us in Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, If our hope in Christ is for this life alone, we are to be pitied more than all men. But, he says, but, praise God, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Now, that's the hope that our world so desperately needs to hear. All around us, there are people living lives in quiet desperation, feeling fearful, anxious, lost. And they need to know that Sunday is coming. That because Jesus rose from the dead, right, there is a hope that is greater than our fears, that is greater than our failings. Right? There is a hope that goes beyond the grave. And because Jesus lives, it can never ever be extinguished you know all through history there have been those who have tried to extinguish that hope different regimes and dictators and ideologies and atheists and so on have tried to bury the name of jesus but they haven't succeeded because he refuses to stay in the grave do you know what the largest christian nation is in the world china or at least it will be by the year 2030. In the next 10 years, there's going to be almost 250 million Christians in China. Uh, they reckon there are about 10 to 20,000 people converting to Christianity every single day in China. And many of them are part of the underground church that is persecuted by the government. But they've come to faith and they uh, endure this persecution because they've encountered the risen Christ. As one Chinese pastor put it, he says, everything that you read about in the book of Acts, God is doing in China today. That's miracles and healings and angelic visitations and people you know, being raised from the dead even. You know, Jesus is a powerful reality in their lives. And so they have a hope that is greater than any threat that they may face. And the thing is, you know, that when the Communist Party came to power, they tried to extinguish Christianity. They tried to extinguish all religion. And at the time, there were about 10,000 missionaries in China, and they kicked them all out of the country. And then during the Cultural Revolution, the Communists uh, sought to destroy every place of worship, and they put into prison or even put to death 
people who professed faith in Christ. And most people in the, in the West, they believed that Christianity had been wiped out in China. It had been buried for good, you know, sealed in a tomb. In fact, you know, China was a closed country for about 40 years. But what people didn't realize is that that was Friday and that Sunday was coming. And so when the time came, it's like God rolled the stone away so that the people in the West could look on in joyous disbelief at what God had done. It soon became clear they had saved some 50 million people on the inside without any help from Western missionaries. God did that. And soon China will be the largest Christian nation on earth and there is nothing that the government can do about it. And you know, we're hearing similar stories coming out of Iran right now, uh, another closed country where the, the government has sought to suppress Christianity. And yet people are encountering the risen Christ. And so the underground church there is growing rapidly. I heard a story just last Wednesday uh, from uh, an Iranian man that we know uh, from one of our churches in Turkey. And this is a very recent story. He told about a man that he knows um, back in Iran and who got infected with COVID-19. And he ended up having to go to intensive care in the hospital. And the doctor said he wasn't going to survive. His lungs uh, were, I think, 70% damaged. And they said that he was going to die. Well, his wife was a Christian. And this man had mocked her for her faith, really kind of put her down uh, because of her faith. But she prayed for him. She prayed that he would be healed. And she got some of her Christian friends to record their prayers for him as well. And then she took them to the hospital, hospital and she, she put them on head, in, in his headphones so he could listen to these prayers. And an amazing thing happened as he lay there on his deathbed listening to these people praying. Something happened in his heart because when he'd heard the last prayer, he himself then prayed, Jesus, if you're there, if you are real, please heal me and I will follow you. And the amazing thing that happened was he was totally healed. He was totally healed. And the doctors were dumbfounded couldn't understand how it had happened. But of course, news got out and, uh, and opportunities to share the gospel went right through that community. You know, Jesus is at work in some of the toughest places in the world today. For 20 centuries, the world has tried to bury him, suppress him, silence him, control him, but all in vain, right? Even when it seems like hope is buried in, you know, for good, Jesus is doing something amazing in the dark. And I just wonder you know, what he's doing in hearts and homes all over this nation right now, all over the world where you know, people are shut in behind closed doors. And I'm sure you know, it must feel like a tomb to many people, uh, but I really believe we're going to see God do something amazing. Hearts that were once firmly closed to God, even hostile to God, becoming open. 
you know, I really do believe that once this is all over and it's like the stone is rolled away, that we're going to look on in joyous disbelief. Now, of course, you know, we certainly shouldn't minimize the pain and suffering that this coronavirus is inflicting right now. But neither should we ignore the powerful hope that Easter brings to us. Now that this may be Friday, but Sunday is coming. Let's just read that verse again from 1 Corinthians 15. Again, Paul writes there, If our hope in Christ is for this life alone, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, it means we don't have to be afraid. You know, it means we can have a powerful hope in the face of suffering. If you are willing to trust him today, if you are willing to put your life in his hands, then you need fear nothing. Not man, not cancer, not COVID-19, not death, nothing. Right? Because he promises that one day all who have believed in him will be raised with him. Right? His own resurrection was just the beginning and it guarantees that one day all things will be made new. A new creation is being birthed in the womb of the old. And every person who belongs to Christ is part of that new creation because they have the Spirit of God living inside of them. Uh, listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 11. He says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. In you. You know, one day our mortal bodies will give up on us, right? It's going to happen to every one of us. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. And in fact, right now, we're facing the threat of death more than at any other time in recent history. But if we're trusting in Jesus, then we have a powerful hope that goes beyond the grave. And it's not just the hope of receiving, you know, a new. A transformed body like Jesus, but it's the hope that one day the whole of creation will be transformed and renewed. Tim Keller is a best-selling uh, New York Times best-selling author uh, and the pastor of a large church in New York City, which is, of course, the epicenter for COVID-19 in the United States. And in fact, I know he has many healthcare professionals in his church that are working tirelessly to help people who are affected. But Keller once said this. He said, why is it so hard to face your own death and the death of loved ones? He says, it's so hard because we think this broken world is the only world we're ever going to have. But he says, if Jesus is risen, then your future is so much more beautiful and so much more certain than that. And that's what we see at the end of the Bible. That when Jesus returns, it will be the end of all suffering and pain, of all sickness and disease, of all oppression and injustice, that he will put all things 
right, that the things that we have lost will be restored, the things that were broken will be made whole, that death will be no more, right? That is the promise that his resurrection gives to us. And it's so much more beautiful and so much more certain than anything we could possibly dare to believe. Whatever your Friday may look like right now, you know, whatever questions you may have, whatever fears you may be facing, you need to know that Sunday is coming. Can you dare to believe that? I know it's almost too good to be true, but the testimony of those women, right, along with the accounts we read in the Bible, along with the testimony of millions of people throughout history and throughout the world today, is that it's true. We may come to Jesus in joyous disbelief, but do come to him. The Bible says that if we will seek him, we will find him. And he wants you to believe. He says, he says look, look at my hands and my feet. And you say, well, how I can't see them. And he says, yes, you can. I give you my word. I'm here. And he wants to come into your home. He wants to come into your life, into your heart, and say to you, my peace I give you. Will you invite him in today? The Bible shows us that it was our sin that separated us from God in the first place and led to this corruption in our world. The sin of trying to live for ourselves and apart from God. But the Bible also says that God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus, God in the flesh, came to die on that cross to pay the penalty for all of our sin so that we could be forgiven. That's what happened on that Good Friday. Jesus dying there in our place, bearing all the sin, all the sorrow of the world, and yet he overcame it all as he rose from the dead so that he might offer us the hope of new life in him. You can receive that right now, right where you are, if you will turn to him today. And, you know, for the sake of those who are listening right now, who want to do that, who want to put their trust in Jesus. If that's you, if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, then I'm going to say a prayer that you can make your own. Okay, you can pray this with me. And uh, I'm going to put the words up on the screen for you so that you can say this prayer with me. So let's just pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. Please forgive me for all the things I've done wrong and for how I've missed the mark. I know that I cannot save myself and so I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. I believe your words are true. 
And so by faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. Thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life. Please come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my saviour now and forever. Amen. Amen. If you sincerely said that prayer in faith, then you need to know that you are his. You are eternally his, no matter what happens. And if you said that prayer, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Do get in touch with me. Uh, you can email me at hello at newfrontierschurch.com. Hello at newfrontierschurch.com. If you don't have a Bible, I'd love to send you one. So do please get in touch. But that's it from me now. All right. Again, just want to say happy Easter, everyone. Uh, may the Lord bless you. May he protect you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you his peace. Amen.